This is an Ion Annapolis bonus podcast. Welcome to our Ion Annapolis election 2021 podcast series for the city of Annapolis. Just a few quick notes for you. We reached out to every candidate running for office in the city of Annapolis to ask for their participation. Some participated, some didn't respond, and others responded, and we just weren't able to find a common time to record. It should be noted that in those circumstances, the candidates were usually running unopposed. These are unedited, so the ums and the ahs and the coughs and everything else are all still in place. This is deliberate, so you can hear the candidate raw. All of the candidates were asked the same questions, to be fair, except for one, which was specific to that candidate. We started out with some wider-reaching city questions and then got into some more specific ward questions. Ballots should have hit your mailboxes already if you live in the city of Annapolis, and it is important to exercise your right to vote, so please make sure you do. It's also very critical that you cast a vote that is right for you. Not what your neighbor has said, not based on something you heard. Do your own research and vote for the best candidate for you. And we hope that these interviews will help you in that process. And I do need to thank all of the candidates that have decided to get into this mess we call politics. Win or lose, these folks all care for Annapolis and have a passion to serve, and I appreciate their willingness to do so. With that said... Let's have a listen. We're sitting out here on a lovely day in the patio, I guess it is, of Starbucks it down is, on yeah. Bay Ridge. And we are here with Monica Manthe, who is the candidate for Alderwoman in Ward 5. How are Woo-hoo! you today? I'm great. Good. I'm great. Thanks, John. Well, thank you very much for taking the time of this afternoon to come out. We were yeah. going to meet across the street, actually, in Duncan, but I found out that they were uh, closed at 3 because they just opened up earlier this week. So yeah. it's always good to see new businesses opening up in the middle of a pandemic anyhow. Right. Um but what we're doing is we're trying to get in touch with the candidates and learn a little bit about the candidates going into the election. Um, we've just recently settled some of the primaries that had primaries. You yeah. did not have a primary. Exactly. And everybody needs to get out and vote on November 2nd. True that. Yeah. Get out and vote. That's key. And they will be sending out ballots in the mail uh, as well. And they're going out probably like the third week in October. So you will be able to vote by mail, by Dropbox or in person, in person. Uh, depending on what you're looking to do. But let's let's just sort of get right into it. I wanted to ask a couple questions sort of citywide with a focus because you don't only represent Ward 5, but you'll be a representative of the entire city of Annapolis. But with a city that's this small, it's really sometimes not fair to look at percentages when it comes to crime. Okay, if we have one murder last year and we have two murders this year, it's not really fair to say, hey, we've got... 100% increase in murders. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's true that we do, but it's... It is may, true that we do, yes. <laughs> it, it may not. Um, but what are your thoughts on crime in the city, and how would you assure your constituents in Ward 5 that it's a safe place to be and that the police are doing the good job for them? Yeah, great question. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm shocked, actually, at some of the things that have happened with regards to safety in the streets and people not feeling safe. And when I've walked around and talked to people um, living over in Hunt Meadow, uh, it's part of the reason I'm starting uh, the campaign was, you know, we had a stray bullet come into our um, court and I thought, what is going on? So looking into the staffing of the police, it looks like we have uh, funded about 128 positions or 124 and yet, like, 98 of them are filled. And I thought, well, what is going on there? So we need a fully staffed police force. That is key. 
Um, I think it's difficult to find good police officers. I think that uh, what I've learned anyway, they're getting them from Baltimore and they're getting them from places that maybe they need to expand the circle and get other candidates from there. Um, I'm, I'm concerned that they are babysitters. They are social workers. They are marriage counselors. They are all these other things. And um, I do believe that we as a community, if you see something, say something. We need them to be active in the community. Um, but the best thing that I can say is we've got to get a fully staffed police force. That's one of the concerns that I have as a citizen and feeling safe on the street. I mean, if you saw the YouTube uh, of the girl that was beat outside of Acme, I thought, what in the world? People need to be able to go and dine under the stars on a Wednesday night and feel comfortable that they're going to be safe. So uh, I think the city needs to do a better job of making sure that our streets are safe. Um, and hopefully they will continue to add to to the staff for sure. Fantastic. Well, we've Another more topic, hot topic in the city, but we've all been there. Uh, you live off of Forest Drive in Ward 5. Um, a tree falls across the road, a car wrecks into a pole, the road gets blocked, and yeah. Armageddon hits the city of Annapolis right. as far as traffic goes. Yes. Um, you know, development and traffic are huge buttons for everybody, and it doesn't yeah. matter whether you're Republican, Democrat, black, white, purple, What it makes no difference, but it's a quality of life issue. As an alderwoman... Uh, you know, what would you do to help balance the development? Because with more development, we've got more cars and everything else that come in. How would you balance development versus traffic and maintaining the quality of life that some say we may be missing, but that we do have? Yeah, well, I think one thing to keep in mind is that Annapolis will always be attractive to developers. I mean, the other thing to keep in mind is that 90% or so is already developed. So uh, you have to have a balance. It's one of the reasons I'm also running is this balance on the council, balance of development. Um, You've got to keep these green spaces. I think we all enjoy the recreation. We love the maritime opportunities, uh, access to the water. Uh, But we also do need to have a balance of development. So um, not bending over to our developers when they say we're going to do this massive parkside preserve that has 150 houses and whatnot. Um, perhaps we need to make it a little bit less and we need to have a balance with um, more green space with those versus the dollars and the tax base that's going to come into the city with these developments. So keeping them reasonably sized, we got one over here by Annapolis Neck, another one across the street. Uh, so also sharing services possibly between the county and the city on some of those things. Uh, we got a lot of utility trucks and different pieces of equipment that the city has purchased that are sitting up there that are not being used. So how can we balance this development and the bringing of uh, utilities into the supportive efforts to that? Um, but it'll always be attractive to development. So making sure that that's balanced and, and actually the, the residents have more of a voice. They get a chance to say, no, you know what, we aren't in support of this. So give them a voice. I'm going to go a little bit out of order here because you sort of mentioned it there. So I just want to flip these last two questions citywide. But uh, there has been lots of talk about um, merging city services with the county. And you said that we can work with the county on that. And I know that we've done that with the election. Um, The elections, the counties are running that and everything else. And there's been talk about doing it or at least having a discussion about it. Right. And do you feel that's a good idea? What services, if any, would you see are mergeable? If that's a word. So mergeable, right? Mergeable cities. Uh, excuse me. I do believe that the elections has worked out pretty well. And I think, um, again, it kind of goes back to those large unused vehicles and things. It's like, how can we make better use of some of the things we've already purchased as a city and offset some of that with the county providing some of those? So I think our water is already one of those shared services. So can, Or sewer. Can we do some of the utilities with this county? Um, there's, you know, both sides to that because the city side, people 
and say, well, we're going to lose control. And then the county's going to, you know, maybe not be as available to do what they need to do for the constituents. But I don't think that's true. I think we need to really look at the dollars that are going to be saved and how we can merge those services for a better, better savings on behalf of everybody that lives here. Do you have any particular departments that would that you would look into to see? I mean, you mentioned you know, utility trucks, so I mean, obviously that's public works and uh, right. we, you know, police, fire, finance, or you well, know, the police and the fire for sure. Alderman, um, you know who knows? Right, <laughs> the police and the fire. They have different strong opinions about that as well. Um, but I think it needs to be looked at. I believe that no, nothing is off the table until you really do an evaluation. And when a city has a $152 million budget, they have had an increase of staff that is unbelievable. We've got a bloated city government. We should be able to downsize and lean out, to use a Toyota Kaizen term, which I used to you do in my business with my husband, um, cut out the waste, cut out the fat. If there's a way that we can do things more efficiently, let's do it. I don't know exactly which ones, but let's take a look at them all and figure it out. Okay. Yeah. Um, Annapolis is expensive. Uh, you've it is. come here from, actually it may not be if you're coming here from the Pacific Northwest. I don't know. We'll see, but it, but it is, is expensive. The city does offer an awful lot of services. Yeah. Uh, some people will say, as you said, that we've got a little bit of a bloated workforce in the city and we pay taxes on top of taxes. We do. Um, we do pay tax on top of what we pay to the county. Um, do you feel that Annapolis is a good value to a taxpayer? I think it's very expensive to live here, and I don't. I think that we all need to pay our fair share of taxes. It's interesting. When you talk to people about this, they say, well, you know, we know it's expensive, and I'm happy to pay those taxes. I said, well, how do you balance that out, though? Because we have to have diversity in the city as well. So people that actually live here and work here need to be able to afford to live here and work here as well. So uh, it needs to be reevaluated because our taxes are very high. And you're right. I do come from a very high tax place. Um, Seattle was very high. Renton was very high. Uh, but once you start looking at the city tax and the county tax, your income tax, your sales tax, you're paying a lot out there. And I'd like to, you know, use Herb's deal. It's your money, right? So I'd like to keep more of it in your wallet. And I'm sure that you would as well. So uh, let's figure out a way to get our taxes a little bit more under control. Okay. Um, I'm going to shift a little bit over to Ward 5. Um, and for those that aren't aware, Ward 5 is sort of like Forest Drive. It's got Hunt Meadow. It sort of wraps around Hilltop Drive down to the Pitt Moyer Rec Center and yep. that general area of the city. Um, what do you see as the most pressing issue facing your ward today? Well, I think two things. One is the safety. We, uh, we've had a number of people that are concerned about making sure that their kids are being, um, you know, feeling comfortable playing in the streets and whatnot. So uh, we've got a couple of communities that are not very far that are just across the, the way that um, are concerning with some of the activities that have happened there. So the other one is traffic. You mentioned earlier. So getting out of there and getting on forest, uh, that can be a little challenging at times. But the development, the Parkside Preserve development that's been in the works for a decade, a little over a decade, um, neighbors are real concerned that they ended up coming in and just clearing out some trees and it looks like a highway through the woods. And what is that trail and that path and that access going to be like to get over to quiet water? So uh, still a lot of unknowns on that. And it's taken a long time to get to the place that they're in. We don't know if the trail's going to be opened again and when. So all summer, you know, here we are at COVID and pandemic and people can't get out and do all the fun things that they could. They haven't been able to get the, you know, access to the trail. So those are a couple concerns for sure. How do you plan to communicate with your constituents? So, yeah, email, Facebook. Um, I, I'm not a big Twitter person, but uh, I think... Sorry to hear that. Yeah, I know. I don't know if I, <laughs> I'm a big Twitter person. Maybe I could be. Uh, but I definitely, you know, 
I think Facebook's the predominant method. Um, and then emails. Of course, I'm, you know, pretty good about getting back with people. Um, text messages. I'm also good about just, you know, hearing hearing what people have to say. Knocking on my door. That's been the greatest part, honestly, John, of this campaign is getting to know my neighbors. They have been so kind for the most part and very receptive. I will talk to your ring if you are not home and I see the little lights and I say, I'm your neighbor because I am. And they're like, is she still there, mom? Yeah, still there. We're still having dinner. Yeah, so that's been the fun part is really just getting to know the neighbors and hear from them because I'm learning through a fire hose right now. I did not grow up here. I don't have 20 years of history. And, you know, part of it makes it exciting because I'm, I'm the new kid on the block. I've got good energy. I'm bright. I can think on my feet. I ran a business. I've done $20 million of the furniture to the federal government. I've done complex sales in the past. And people are like, wow, what is she doing and who is she? Well, I've survived the death of a spouse who was a Vietnam vet, 173rd Airborne. So going through that, uh, helping raise a brother, uh, there's a lot of things that I've done that allow me to be a good candidate as older woman. So I'd love to be a good neighbor that way. What's your... um? What's your preferred method of communication? Probably doing what we're doing right now. Just sit talking down and talk? in person. Absolutely. Okay. I'm get... glad you didn't say TikTok. No, no TikTok. <laughs> no. I have been encouraged to get on TikTok. <laughs> um, all right. And finally, and I don't want to get into any personal things as far as um, you know, I'm not looking to sling mud on your on your opponent or anything like that, but looking at your ward itself, do you feel and I'm not specifically talking about the current older person or any other, but do you feel that your ward is adequately, and I'll use three terms like represented slash respected slash recognized by the city? Because there are some that feel almost like forgotten wards. Mm. Do you feel I, Ward 5 gets the... I do believe that uh, it has been fairly well represented. Uh, but I also believe that there needs to be more balance brought back to the council. I don't think that there are as many folks that have a conservative voice that are heard by the city. Uh, I think everybody's open to diversity. How we manage that and how we uh, blend communities is important. And um, I don't think the people that are single family homeowners should be told whether or not they can cut down a tree in their backyard. I mean, there are certain things that you have to balance the environmental piece and the freedom that comes with homeownership. So there's some people in my ward that feel pretty strongly that they don't always get the representation and that it gets overshadowed by some of the uh, some of the environmental concerns. And again, we need to have balance because we all have those green spaces as well. Okay, and wrapping up, this is the last question before you get to tell me all about yourself, but this is specific to you. And as far as I know, you're the new kid on the political block. I am. Um, I don't know whether maybe you were governor of, you know, of Washington at some point. I don't know the, the governor's over there. Nope. Um, your opponent is not new to politics, right. but he is new to the council, having been appointed just a couple months ago. Um, typically coming in, you could probably use the, hey, you know, we need new blood argument, right. and that would uh, sway some voters there. Um, but that's not really the case here at this point. So how do you set yourself apart um, and above him from in the eyes of the, the eyes of the voters, the people that you're knocking on the doors now at this point, uh, you know, being the new kid on the block? And, you know, let's face it, he's kind of the new kid on the block, too. Right. Yeah. I would say uh, sometimes. I mean, you're a little shorter than he is. But uh, that's... I don't know. I don't know. Pretty tall. But you're right. He is pretty tall. Um one of the things I think that I have noticed just watching a few of the council meetings, uh, which, by the way, anybody that's going to put themselves in this position needs to get kudos because it is brave. It is being vulnerable. It is throwing yourself in the arena. And there are a lot of people that get the cheap seats in the arena and can throw tomatoes and things. So I like to say anybody that's willing to do that is brave. So hats off to all of them. 
Uh, one of the things that's a little bit different is that I don't have a massive ego in the game. I'm not looking to be a career politician. I would love to represent my neighbors. I would love to be a voice of reason and also efficiency. Uh, when my husband and I ran our own business, uh, we didn't have a huge amount of money to play with. We had to be efficient and smart. And um, sometimes process and procedure and surveys and uh, extra things get in the way of making things happen and getting the ball further down the road. So um, I'm all about efficiency and not having to correct the minutes because I didn't get noted on something or not having to, you know, there's policies and processes for um, those meetings, but man, we need to move it along. I am one that's just like, let's bring efficiency to the table. Let's quit talking about an analysis paralysis and a survey. Let's move this forward from the task force to the budget to the you know, all the various meetings. I believe that everybody needs to have a voice, but for how long and how much before you start moving forward? So that's a little bit different. Okay. Well, as we wrap it up, let's just say that I just uh, moved into town from Seattle, Washington, or Spokane, or wherever wherever it was. Uh, I don't know anything about it, but I find myself living in Ward 5, and I realize that I've got an election coming up on November 2nd, and I've got to do something. I just registered at the DMV, and they said, okay, I'm registered to vote. I'm good to go. Um, why do why why am I going to vote for you? Yeah. You've got up to five minutes, but okay. don't feel that you need to take it all. All right. Well, thanks, John, for that. So I've always been a good neighbor. Um, one of those things that uh, I think just comes from having a mom that was a single mom that worked really hard. Uh, my sales career started selling mints. I mean, I did 13 cases of campfire mints when I was, I don't know, 13, 12 <laughs> knocking on doors, meeting neighbors. And it's really interesting, this process of just getting to know your neighbor. I'm always very curious, too. Somebody moves into the neighborhood, and I knock on their door, and I say, hey, how are you? What's going on? Um, Three gentlemen actually just moved in next door. And, you know, when you move in, you don't have anything at your house. So I brought them some water and some hummus and some veggie plates and just chatted with them a little bit. And I've got to interrupt you. That's just so West Coast. Right? Water, hummus, and veggie plates. (laughs) was really no, West Coast. like Budweiser and Winks. Okay? No. You know, I thought, okay, I'm going to be healthy. The guy was Australian for one, which I think was funny because Gavin's Australian. And I lived in Australia for nine months. So, um, but it was kind of one of those friendly moments. And they were so appreciative. And when people have extended kindness, that's what I've always loved. And at the end of the day, we're all people. And I want to actually leave people with a good impression. I had this one gal that I met at the grocery store. And I was like, those are the most beautiful roses. I have no fear in talking to a stranger as well. And she said, there are no better roses than for my Jesus meeting. Well, I said, girl, I need to find a church. So sure enough, I went to her Bible study. She wrapped me up into a church that I go to. And I just started getting involved immediately with Bible studies and and getting to know folks. And I would just encourage people to remember at the end of the day, regardless of where you came from, where you were born, whether you have money or you don't, be a good neighbor, be a kind human being. Uh, We're all struggling with something. And unless you've walked a mile in somebody's shoes, you don't know what kind of deal they're facing. So the fact that I was able to share my story of being a widow with some folks, I met a couple widows in my entire court. And we've played golf and connected. And I actually put something up on... um, one of the neighborhood forums, I said, you know, if there's other women and other men that have gone through the loss of a spouse, I'd love to be an ear. I became a widow coach after he passed. Um, Steve and I were together for 17 years. And essentially, um, I took 12 weeks of widow coaching to say, you know what, unless you've actually gone through this process, you have no idea what that's like. It's like an entire group of bookcases just falling on top of your world. And if I can crawl out from that and be a strong person for somebody else, I'd love to be able to do that. So, 
I've also been told somebody said, you should write a book because I've never seen it before. 50 Friends in 50 Days. You know more people walking around the city. And I said, part of it is because I have no stranger danger. I'm more than happy to talk with somebody and find out where you're at and how I can help and where we can go and grab a beverage or have a bike ride or play pickleball. So uh, just being a good neighbor. I think we've lost that in this pandemic. Uh, Being isolated for as long as we are, there was a, a balance between being safe and not being a kind neighbor. Um, I would definitely lean towards being a kind neighbor and taking care of you and your family when it comes to your safety in this pandemic. Uh, Do what you need to do, vaccination, whatnot. But be kind to one another, first and foremost. And that's one of the things that I think everybody who knows me would say. I uh, I extend my hand where I can and want want that to be one of the things people know about me. Fantastic. How do we get a hold of you? How do we learn more about you? What's yeah. your website? I know you're on Facebook at Monica for Word 5. Right. <clears throat> Monica for Word 5. And uh, it's actually the word for. So Monica for Word 5.com. And then I also do have a Facebook account. So Monica F, uh, Monica M, excuse me, forward 5. Uh, and then you can always get me on Gmail. So first name, last name, and gmail.com. Okay. So, yeah. And the last name is man with a they on the end of it. Man with a they. Who knew it would be two pronouns? I thought it would be, you know, very appropriate in the time that we're living. But Monica Manthe, yes. So love to meet you. And we're doing a little meet and greet uh, over at Great Frogs this Saturday. So I'm excited about that. Awesome. Um, get out and vote. November 2nd is the day to vote. You yes. will be getting ballots in the mail. Every citizen in the city of Annapolis will get one. Every registered voter will get one. Um, and... Don't waste votes, people. Get Know your candidates. Know who you're voting for. Know why you're voting for them because this is something that is so important. And do get out there and vote. If nothing that the uh, primaries just taught us yesterday, yeah, uh, that every great. vote counts when you see one candidate lose by five votes. So, That's right. Um, get out there and vote. And, Monica, thank you very much for your you're time welcome. today. Thank and you, It's a John. pleasure meeting you and getting to know you. Absolutely. Thanks. Looking forward to it. This has been a bonus podcast from Eye on Annapolis. Please visit us at ionanapolis.net. Follow us on Facebook at All Annapolis and on Twitter at Ionanapolis. And if you haven't subscribed to the Daily News Brief podcast, go for it. And all of your local news will be delivered to your phone, tablet, or smart device by 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday.